Hey, look, you got up, you got up early, no, late this morning. I got up late yesterday. Uh, yeah. So we're even now for those keeping score at home. It's 1 1 as of the end of two days. Uh, just to kind of let you know that it's not a competition, though. In fact, I oh, feel it's, it's it sure not feels a, like one. It feels well, like it, one. But nobody's winning. I it, thought it's we agreed not we have to do this. Oh, okay, all right. All right. Okay, all right. Okay, okay that's it. That's okay. It. Hey, you made it. You're here. Yep. Wow, that's fantastic. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. <clears throat> hey, it's the bro show. Yeah, that's right. Two brothers, actual brothers. Yep. I'm Bye. Jerry. I'm John. Yeah, we do this every Saturday morning. We're <clears throat> as dependable as the cartoons and not too different in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's Unlike just another cartoons. segment of Cartoonville. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, <laughs> yeah, it is. I was flashing back to Captain Midnight and that cat, you know, froggy. Yeah, I'll be good. I will. I will. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we always talk about four things on a Saturday Mm. morning like today when we record the bro show. One of those is a story about an animal and not just Mm. any animal. We have an animal for each season of this program. And we are currently in the six month season of the meerkat. Ooh, the meerkat. Good animal. So we have a meerkat story for you. Secondarily, we have a word we ran into while doing research for this episode of The Bro Show, which is the 18th episode of the 12th season. Ooh, I like numbers. Score at home. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Pick that up from you. And And then we have two takes. That's the third thing we talk about. This is something that John and I may disagree on. We may agree on, but we definitely have two different approaches for talking about this subject, whatever it might be. Last but not least, we have groaners. Mm, bad, yes. Bad jokes. Bad jokes. Ooh. And that's my intro, John. Hey, good job. You know mm. what? If people want to know, where, where, where can they kind of find out where we're hanging when it comes to the Internet? Where do we hang? Uh, we, okay, we have a U, URL, a uh, universal resource locator, or link, <laughs> as people call it. Okay. Right? I like it. I like the background. Yeah. I needed it. Yeah. yeah no, the people don't know what the URL is anymore. They just use the initials. But anyway, so a URL. We have the URL bro.show. Okay, no com, no net, no org, none of that stuff. Just bro.show. If you want to put a dub, dub, dub before it, go ahead. Go ahead. Knock mm-hmm. yourself out. And if you do that and you hit the subscribe button for zero money, no tricks, no nothing, you'll get an email every Saturday morning around 11 o'clock or so that says what our episode is, our show notes, and a little button to hit play. Mm-hmm. And boom, boom, you're ready. You're ready to go. Hey, and we are ready. And by the way, mm-hmm. uh, what do you have on below the neck and above the waist? Very specific. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, wearing, I'm wearing our second T-shirt that we ever made. Oh, te- so, Teco, the, the color one? Does yeah, Technicolor. Technicolor, yeah. Fist bump it's quite nice. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. got a fist bump in color at the top. And it's got, you know, the name of the show and then our, our tagline, what we talk about. And uh, yeah, it, it's a good t-shirt. That's a good one. It's a, it, that is a good yeah, one. Yeah, it is. 
it's starting to it's starting to ball up though, John. You know, oh. it's getting the little white balls on it, the little fabric <laughs> things. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But you got to do is dig though. deeper. You got to dig deeper in your vault, your your t-shirt vault, your your right, and get right. get something that isn't used quite as often, such as what I did today. I I'm wearing a shirt, the shirt with the emblem, the round emblem that has uh, the two individuals, the bros on it. Uh, of course, Ooh. me looking the cool, calm, collected perks, podcast personality, and there's the frantic other one there. Yeah, that would um, be that me. Might be you. <laughs> yeah, that would be me. <laughs> yeah, this 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 shirt is one that is underappreciated, and and I think it needs oh. it deserves some recognition. So I felt oh. the need to to bring it out and wear it today. And it's 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 a very comfortable shirt, but it's it's got such a little emblem that quite often it gets caught in the background, and people don't really appreciate it well they're, they're overwhelmed by your enormous pectoral <laughs> muscles that's the problem yeah Gosh, yeah i so modest i am oh you are so hey a uh, question for you question for you yeah do we have a sponsor oh we we do have a sponsor our sponsor is the american legal defense fund uh, this 501c3's mission is to protect the lives and advance the interest of all kinds of critters through the legal system. And how do they accomplish this? By well, they by filing high impact lawsuits to protect the animals, providing free legal advice to other prosecutors. Uh, they also support tough animal protection. And you know what? I decided to what? take a look into their corporate culture today, this week, oh. and say, do oh. these guys talk the talk, but do they walk the walk? Good question. And I am proud to report that they have no meat at any of their functions and do not oh. even think about where about taking any meat into their lunchroom. And if you wow. decide to go out for lunch, you better be disguised incognito if you're going to McDonald's, places like that. Because that's what they do. And they have as you walk into the place, you they you have to walk through a meat detector. Uh, it's it's a dog, and if the dog sniffs you and finds you have meat, you have to take wait. That wait meat. a minute. Wait a minute. A meat detector, John. <laughs> okay, I got carried away. I got carried away. You made that up. What the hell? I'm sorry. I got. I, I got. Carried, I got yeah, that, <laughs> scratch that oh. part of it. Uh, I decided scratch that I, 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 let's just say I, I kind of got off the script there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, okay, you well, let's cut. I was actually listening. I was actually listening. I was buying it. I had to hook in halfway. I spit it out okay, the last okay, second. Okay, okay, uh, Yeah, let, let's cut to the chase. We know what, what we go for when we have these sponsors. It, it's all about the swag. Okay, it's about the swag. You're you're right about that. And they yes, have I swag. Mean, they, they have swag. swag. The animal, they have swag. And <laughs> I even got a little of it myself. I wore it last week. Okay. And I like those t-shirts a lot. They're fantastic. And uh, they have other stuff too. But hey, the big thing is, uh, look at our show notes. We got links in there so you can go buy a t-shirt from them if you want to. Or you can just make a donation. We'd appreciate it. They'd appreciate it. We don't get anything out of it. We're squeaky clean. We are, they're our sponsor, but they don't pay us a damn penny. In fact, they don't even know they're our sponsor. That's how clean our relationship is. And on top of that, we have our own T-shirts, too. And all the funds, thanks to Bonfire, 
go straight to the Animal Legal Defense Fund. We have six Meerkat t-shirts and six Ooh. Meerkat mugs. They are outstanding. John often wears his. I wear mine sometimes, too. You, oh, you, yeah. Meerkat's you're serious. that bad. Mm. Yeah, if you're serious <laughs> about protecting animals and the planet, yes. and you get a kick out of our show, and you aren't too embarrassed to wear one of our T-shirts, <laughs> you should. You should I am one. not embarrassed. I wear my T-shirts with pride. Yeah, I do too. But believe me, we are in the minority, and you I wouldn't what? say our yeah. T-shirts. What? And as a podcasting personality, I feel very, very comfortable wearing a T-shirt with my with my actually illustration of myself, a portrait of myself on it. It, it doesn't bother me at all. Some people say, it, don't to. you feel embarrassed? Don't you feel uncomfortable wearing a picture of yourself? <laughs> that, not oh, really. No way. Not really. We haven't looked that good in a long time, so it's not really us. <laughs> yeah, that, that fleeting moment we looked okay, and thank God yeah. it's on our shirts. Yeah. Yeah, you look in the mirror, and, oh, that's how I'm supposed to look. I got to get this insane look off my face. Hey, you ready for the meerkat hey, story? Yeah, we got a meerkat story. Uh, you know, we've learned a lot about meerkats over the Two, past how many weeks? Say. And you know the exact number. Of, Eight, and, it's 17. This is 17. 17. And we we know they're very serious about their societal order. And at the mm. top of that is the meerkat mama that has most of the reproductive privileges. So what can a young female meerkat do to move up that social ladder? Well, we have answers. And the answer is because we read an article and found out that a good appetite just might be helpful in this regard. And mm. the, so what we found out is that at the Department of Zoology in Cambridge, the director of research, Professor Tim Clutton Brock and his research group has studied this very question and come up with some answers. I think before we get into the deeps, uh, it's important for us to little know a little bit, remind ourselves of, about mm. meerkats. Meerkats' yeah. lifespan is about 12 to 14 years. Uh, some of them live, uh, you know, in captivity longer, 20 years, those with better health insurance. And oh. uh, you brought that in there. Okay, go ahead. But they reach maturity by the age of one, and so we would probably could classify a teenage meerkat as being. Anywhere from like six months to a year. That's just my best guess. You know, how I am at just kind of embellishing or trying mm. to figure things out. They oh. weigh up to two pounds. Although I found or not mm -hmm. that they are, there have been meerkats that non-pregnant meerkats have been at as much as two point two pounds. Uh, we know their diet can be anywhere from beetles, caterpillars, up to some animals, small reptiles, etc. And they live in South Africa. I think it's important to remind everybody of this as we take a look at this wonderful research that's okay. been done. The name of the article, Welcome to Meerkat's World of Competitive Eating. And just to, <laughs> yeah. let, you, just to let you know, this isn't Joey Chestnut, 4th of July, eating hot dogs, okay? No. Not that kind of eating. Oh. But what kind of eating are we talking about? How come it is so important? Perhaps you could provide us with a little bit of the deets. I will provide a little bit of the deets since we're running late, <laughs> of course. Okay. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. The Sorry. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Here, here are the deets. Here are the deets. Basically, they eat to have superior size and strength. Okay. Ooh. And yeah, that is what. And this is so they can best another meerkat in, um, well, let's just say it, battle of a sort. They can assert their dominance. That's another way to say it, without mm. really, you know, talking mm -hmm. about fur flying and stuff like that. Yeah. 
these little guys, uh, they're lovely animals there. They're really cute, but you don't want to mess with them. They have nice, sharp teeth, and they're very fast, very fast. And so that's what they're looking for. They're looking. There's a balance, John. You know, just like Joey Chestnut, you eat too many hot dogs and you become soporific. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're not alert. Not alert. Not alert. So there's a there's a happy medium. And, you know, these animals have zero body fat. So uh, the competitive eating actually starts in the juvenile phase, as you may have noted. And that happens sometimes by intention. Uh, sometimes the mama meerkat, she has lots of babies and she may pick out one or two and go, hmm, heir apparent here. So they do Ooh. think ahead. They're incredibly smart little animals and they may sh- throw a crumb here or there early on. And that that particular meerkat grows larger than the other ones and is stronger than the other ones. So Ooh. these animals are actually raised. They're not just like, you know, crocodiles lay a bunch of eggs and they go away. No. No, these animals, they nurture and protect and provide for. Uh, and, and you know what? <laughs> the other meerkats play along, too. They go along with what the mom says very often. And an auntie or somebody like that will take care of uh, one of these special pups. So and auntie kind of does that in order to maybe get a little bit of the reproductive rights, a small portion, perhaps. Um, yeah, she's, you know, she's like maybe yeah. 10%. 15, yeah, I think I'm... Uh, a ZZ Top song comes to mind, but I won't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it, but I also think it's important for us to recognize that this battle for food doesn't result in some, if they don't, there's not a lot of starvation or stuff like that. I mean, it's just a question of yeah. giving yeah. a little bit more right. to one versus other, a little favoritism, yeah, which is pretty yeah, normal it's, in a family. It's more brutal. It's more brutal with other animals. So yes. this is really pretty mild if you think about They're it. They're pretty cool. And I mean, the fact yeah. is that this, the, the whole study has been taken is something that's been done over decades. It's got a lot of data. It's also reached out to other animals too. So, yeah, um, true. so it's got a lot of good stuff going for it. And uh, I think what happens out of all of this is we, we can take some of these behaviors and kind of look at what we do and maybe project and figure out how things are going. That's just my yeah. best guess. Okay. No, you're right. You're right. I think that's true, too. Hey, so uh, I think we're ready for the word now. Do you think oh, so? Oh, re- recursive is the word. R-E-C-U-R-S-I-V-E, recursive. Mm. And it is pertaining to or using a rule or procedure that can be applied can repeatedly. So in other words, it's sort of like a, the application of an algorithm uh, and constantly doing the same thing over again to get, you know, various results. And here's an example of uh, a sense example. This technological revolution is unstoppable and a recursive loop of innovation as these smart machines themselves help us make smarter machines will accelerate the revolution's pace. So it's sort of saying here that we can use a machine in order to come up with answers that then can be help us make a better machine. It kind of has, it's sort of like talking about the age of technology and how we use it to be a better way. Mm. And we got the source, mm. the source is our article that we're going to be, that's right. takes article. Yeah, it is a everything. Good. By the way, so. by the way, Sarah Reichelt, our friend in Australia, uh, she weighed in on this and I, and she's, she's uh, like, you know, like myself, got a tech background and she's uh, an active, 
uh, coder at this moment. I said, Sarah, how would you refine incursion, a recursion? And she said, to understand recursion, you must first understand recursion. Oh, I like it. I like the repetitive nature of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of that explanation. Yeah. And, you know, it, there's repeat loops, but then there's re repeat loops with benefits. Right. And that's our topic. What we have here is we have an article written by a fellow named Sam Altman. Now, Sam Altman is a name that has come to the forefront in uh, in recent months, perhaps a year. And the article is about the socioeconomic changes that we can expect from artificial intelligence. Now, where does Sam fit in as it relates to artificial intelligence? Just to give you a little bit of bio real quick. Yeah, 38 yeah. years old, entrepreneur, investor, programmer. Uh, he is the current CEO of OpenAI, which when you hear the, their main product is ChatGPT, which you, these are mm -hmm. words that have become very common in recent months. Born yeah. in St. Louis, were uh, raised in St. Louis, uh, great education, went to Stanford, all kinds of good stuff. He's uh, studied computer science, but really, he was more interested in the entrepreneurial nature. He's, he keeps his technical background, but uses that to basically be the uh, uh, getting involved in the starts of various corporations. He, he actually at Stanford teaches a course called How to Start a Startup. He got all this background by getting involved with a um, with an incubator by the name of Y Combinator, a highly competitive startup incubator with educational and mentorship and resource components. Invested in a bunch of companies, uh, including mm -hmm. Airbnb, Stripe, and Reddit, uh, among the startups that the Y Combinator has has had. So that's our mm -hmm. background on him. Uh, and yeah. the article, you know, what what Sam does is he maybe he's got AI, but he's just concerned with what are going to be the implications of AI as it goes into the future. And that's yeah. what the article is all about. And I think it's really good. And it's something to kind of look at and see. We need to be able to address those issues fairly quickly because it's going to be honest before we know it. Yeah, and it um, kind of already is, in a yeah. manner of speaking. It, it was estimated that I, they did a survey and they found that the number of call centers, you know, places where people get technical support online, you know, like those little chat bubbles you see at the mm -hmm. lower right-hand corner, those things, I guess the percentage of those being run by AI is really much higher than it was even a month ago. Uh, it's like over a third or something like that. It's high. The number of, when you're chatting with someone, it's not a human. It's it's chat GPT or one of its friends, cousins. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's becoming a, a big deal really quickly. You know, I got a kick out of the, the, article you talked about the title of it it's called moore's law of everything and for those who don't know about moore's law that was a law that was figured out when they started making microprocessors for computers back when they discovered that every 18 months the speed of a mm. processor doubled yeah so that was that and it kept it kept doing that every 18 months until i don't know few years ago it stopped it slowed down but uh that was called moore's law and so now the same thing is true for ai only it's much faster thanks to recursion 
right? It's mm-hmm. recursive, right? Meaning, when I said it's re- it's it's recursion with benefits, it's a repeat loop with benefits. That that is that they're now using Chat GPT uh, three to create four, and they're using four to create yeah. five. You know, in other words, yeah, and you know, and and talking to Sarah and and looking at some other stuff going on in the tech arena, the number of uh, development environments, you know, where people write code, the number of those that now use AI, this is almost like it's getting close to 100%. It's, yeah. Yeah. So if you say, you know, you just, uh, you start, you're typing your code and you just type, I need a repeat loop, boom. It knows the context of the code you're writing. It knows what the repeat loop has to have in terms of variables and arguments, and it writes it for you. Or like I need a table. Yeah. I need a table with four columns. Here are the here are the headings. Boom. So you mentioned the use of it in I think in the service industry, customer service, and yeah, I think as it improves and people see the positive effect, you'll get more use of it, and you have more and more because customer service is a key important component of any company. And mm. if you can set up something whereby getting the answers to your 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 customers quicker. With you know more, you know more important information, it, it'll be yeah. real, real important. So yeah, here's it's, the, it's all good. Here's the point of the article: they set the groundwork for this thing with this Moore's law thing. But the real, the real import of the article is Sam Altman is the guy who was really at the epicenter of this whole big shift, and he he thought ahead, which is unusual. Yes. You know, yeah, we've we've seen lots of we've seen some tech revolutions where there was little thought given to what. <laughs> What this might mean, you know, when yes. when Facebook was created, all that all that Zuckerberg wanted to do was to get a date. <laughs> that's all he was after. <laughs> it was just a way to meet girls. I mean, that's why he did it. And so he developed this thing. It was a Facebook. It was a it was an online book of faces. People who wanted to see their face seen so they could get a date. That from such humble beginnings, you know, they influenced the election. Wow. That's how far it went, right? They didn't foresee how it could be used, not just to get dates, but to influence. Well, how, does Sam, how does Sam see this stuff, the AI going to work? How is that all going to play out? Here's what he figures, and he's right about this. It's going to replace jobs. It's going to take humans yeah. out of the job market. Now what? Now what are they going to do? Yikes. So, mm. yeah, it's easy to say, oh, we should. maybe it's time to start universal basic income which has been very successful and the place has been trialed. So he, he thought that, well, guess what? How are you going to fund it? You know, that's the, always the question. How are you going to get everybody together on this? And he has a massive plan to do this. And I'll talk a little about the outlines of it, John, and you explain some of the business uh, aspects of this. But here, here's the way it works, is that he suggests what we do is we stop taxing wages and instead tax capital and right. take the tax proceeds and put it into an, he called it what an American equity fund or something like American that? equity fund right yeah, yeah. and yeah and what that would do would be that would generate the cash to pay for people's universal basic income let's say it's a thousand dollars a month to cover basic expenses and then you know then you can go to school or you can get a job or you Pursue a vocation, develop a skill, whatever you want to do. 
But and then in addition to that, you would also get equity, part ownership in companies in the form of shares. So what this does is it creates a virtuous circle cycle. Or I, I think the uh, the will. wealth piece, the the wealth part of it is can, can be a little bit nebulous and requires a little bit of explanation. There's really two components. So one is there's the obvious component that can be easily uh, monetized, and that would be land. Uh, there, you know, you right now currently we have real estate taxes, and we know that that's based upon making an evaluation assessment of that value. The other one is the economic resources that an organization has. That'll be maybe a little bit more difficult, but I'm sure we can come up with a means by which to then come up with a base mm -hmm. upon which we then have a tax rate. This allows us to then have the means by which we can then have, and this is important that we're able to provide the the, the resources that the, the the monies equally with the universal income to everybody, mm -hmm. so they have a base upon which to survive, feel comfortable, and it relieves some of the stress and, that we we see in in mm. society today. Everyday life, so, everyday yeah, life. Yeah. Right. Oh, that would so, be huge. So, that would be good. big. Yeah. yeah, and you know, this has a lot of hope for for uh, evening up the income inequality, which has run out of control since the early 1980s. Yeah. It's gotten right. crazy. The living wage, you know, the wage of of uh, workers has not changed, not changed. There's been no increase when you factor in, in uh, uh, inflation. So this is a big deal. This is this is something that could help with that. But the other thing too that he pointed out, and this is a little more hopeful, but I, I don't think it's out of the question, is it also would help with some of the divisiveness that is going on right now, that this would get people behind the same thing. In other words, if you have stock in McDonald's, you're going to have a different attitude about McDonald's, even if it's a small amount of stock through the American Equity Fund. And so it's not just distributing uh, cash or, or money to people. It's also distributing, distributing ownership, not right. majority ownership, but meaningful enough ownership that you feel like you're part of the deal. You don't feel left out. You don't feel left out. You're not resentful. If you're not resentful, you're less less liable to march on the Capitol and try and take over the House of Representatives. Mm. Yeah. That's just a thought. Yeah. I think it's a good. I think it's a good thought. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I also like one quick comment I have about you know we we've, oh, yeah. we've got problems surrounding us as it relates to the, the environment that we live in right now. The that we have, and we know that things such as climate change are out there and they're not part of this component, but AI just provides, might provide us with more than might. It, it has to provide us with the means by which we can not only solve the problem, but be adaptive as we go through the steps of making, mm. you know, doing the things yeah. that AI and, uh, you know, it might, just like most things, AI, uh, when it comes to uh, climate change, there might be a little of investment. Uh, in fact, AI itself, Required. There's going to be some sort of, you know, competitive nature to the whole thing at the beginning before mm -hmm, it kind of mm -hmm. smooths out and we can move on. So yeah. there might be a few bumps in the road as we we look at these things, but I think it 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 has some hope more than hope. It's got to be. Yeah, so. yeah. It's got some numbers and some thought behind it. So I highly recommend this article we have in our show notes. Read it. It's not that long. And the best thing about the article is the acknowledgments, right, John? Oh yes. 
uh, you know, this this is not a person working in a vacuum. Sam has not only got the background, but he's got he he works with because he's so involved in so many companies. He learns and he listens, and that's the key mm. to, to to being able to to produce, and that's what he does. Are hey, you hey. ready for a couple of groaners? Yeah, I got a couple of groaners. Uh, one really good one provided by our, our source of groaners, Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr., come they refer to as the coach. It's two questions, but it's almost like two steps. Now, here's the first one. What kind of music are balloons afraid of? What kind of music are balloons afraid of? Oh, man. I don't know. This is so bad. Pop music. That's good, though. That's good. I like that. Okay. Now. All right. Think about that a little bit. What okay. is the favorite music genre of stepdads? What's the favorite music Dubstep. genre? What's that? Dubstep? Uh, I was thinking alternative pop. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> Pretty All bad, right. huh? That, that is pretty bad, John. Good job. <laughs> Good job. 